Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I am your host, R.T. Fleming. I'm here to help you find your next digital pick from the golden age to the present. Since I was a kid, I have been reading comics, and I have never lost my love of comic books. I try to pass on that excitement for comic books to others, always looking for that next fantastic read, or discovering an old favorite. Welcome back to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. Today I have another creator. His name is Leslie Julian. Like all first-time guests, I tend to ask, what is your comic book origin? What got you into comic books and made you a lifelong fan? Uh, so uh, I didn't read a ton of comics uh, growing up as a kid, actually. I had like one X-Factor comic that I got from 7-Eleven. And um, I think maybe I got like a Sabertooth too. But unfortunately, yeah, my, my parents just didn't buy me a lot of comics. But um, in college, around the time Civil War was coming out, I, I just got really uh, immersed in that. I was, I don't know, just like maybe not in the best headspace. And comics were just like like a shining beacon to me. I was like, oh my gosh, like what are all these amazing stories? So I, I got really into Civil War and Runaways and I've always been into Ninja Turtles, uh, even though I wasn't um, all that up on the comics. And um, IDW, I think, was just starting their um, their run of the the Turtles uh, at that time. So it's like a kind of perfect storm of, of things to, to really get me into comics. You are currently in the middle of a crowdfunder campaign for head cases. I am. Tell the listeners a little bit about this comic because it's actually very cool. Yeah. So my pitch for head cases is that it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets Pulp Fiction. It's a crazy off the wall comic where two kids kind of on a lark decide to steal a bag from a random guy on, on a subway. And unfortunately for them, it turns out that guy's a hitman and inside the bag is a decapitated head and uh, things ensue from there. You have a interesting creative team because the art and it is very good. And the artist is, I believe, Paulo, right? Paulo Sampaio, yes. And where's he from? He is located in Brazil. Okay. And you have a co-writer, AJ Mason. So how did you all kind of like meld together to create this comic book? Yeah. So I think it was around 2020 or so, like early 2020, AJ approached me uh, pretty much. He saw some of the short comics I was doing and wanted to know if I wanted to collaborate on something. And I had just recently come off of doing a collaboration with a with another a writer, funny enough. And so I was like, uh, I, I guess I've done this before. So let's let's give it a shot. This is uh, going to be my second Corinne thing. And uh, so initially we kind of started um, doing like a fantasy story. But at, at that same time, AJ had just pitched uh, to IDW his uh, graphic novel, which uh, is coming out in 2024, which is like... A, kind of sci-fi fantasy thing. So you wanted to get away from that angle. So we kind of shelved uh, the collaboration for a little bit, but we came back after a couple of weeks and said, uh, okay, what, what, what can we do? What can we figure out? And so we we kind of turned things and we we started looking some, something a little bit more uh, grounded, not necessarily you know, super realistic, but something uh, in the very different vein than what we were doing initially. So that's kind of where we fell into like this crime comic that we have head cases. So who is... AJ Mason. He's done stuff before. If you say he's something yeah. extremely famous, I'm going to like just die. No, <laughs> I don't know all the creators in the world, but no, 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 who is no. AJ Mason? 
AJ is a cool guy. He is a writer and a letterer. He has uh, uh, put out uh, stuff with uh, Red Style of Media and uh, some smaller uh, publishers. But like I said, just recently, he signed a deal with IDW for a YA graphic novel trilogy called Cloud, Cloud Nine, which well, is how convenient for you. <laughs> 2024. Yeah, it's very convenient for me. You also have, let's see, an actual good colorist and yeah, a letter. Warnia is, Warnia is amazing. I, I really loved her work uh, in Dryfoot uh, through Mad Cave Studios. She has just very vibrant, just beautiful colors. I, I Every time I look at the colors of, uh, I think it's like page six or maybe page five from our PV pages uh, where the kids are just in the park, I my jaw drops. Like her her lighting is incredible. And, and Micah Myers, uh, if you've read a comic in, in the stands, you've probably read one of Micah's books. He's a letterer that's been involved with tons, tons and tons of books. You all have to choose usually colors and letterers and how did you manage to get these two color, the colors and the letterers for this particular project? Yeah, so uh, pretty much I was able to luckily just approach both of them. I kind of follow them on Twitter and I pretty much just approached them. I, I gave them a rundown of the project and asked if they were interested. And uh, luckily both of them were both interested and available because sometimes both of the things don't always mesh up. So luckily both of them were, were interested in the story and also uh, available. And we were able to um, kind of move forward from there after uh, we had like things and everything from uh, Apollo done. A lot because a lot of fans don't really give the colorist and the letterers much attention. But like I said, in your case, the colorist, does, you're right, she does a really remarkable job. And Micah, I mean, he's a letterer. Even his lettering is actually kind of everything fits together between the art, mm-hmm. the lettering, the coloring. It really does kind of melt together. You, you got really lucky on doing yeah this. we have a really great team like you said everything melds uh micah's letters like uh there's one uh panel where we're kind of going like for like a little onomatopoeia thing where they literally snatch a bag from a guy so we have to say like snatched and i just love how like micah like wrote that out like for for the lettering i think lettering is yeah definitely one of those things where people don't notice especially you know when it's good when it's, when it's bad you do notice and i mean micah's lettering is just like really fluid and it, it just yeah works really well with this book and so many books how did covid impact everything or did it not not especially uh since i pretty much already am used to you know dealing with assembling teams all over the the world and, and country uh me and aj we you know talked on, on zoom calls and you know roller script and word docs and oh sorry google docs and stuff but yeah it didn't really affect things uh, since everyone's so far away you're actually my first crowdfunder project i usually do kickstarters what's the difference yeah, between crowdfunder new. and kickstarter is there a difference between the two and why did you go over one platform versus the other one there are some slight differences yeah crowdfunder is like essentially brand new we our campaign launched the same day that the platform launched june 21st okay. is when crowdfunder launched and that's when our campaign launched there aren't too many differences, but there are a few. Um, one of the differences, or, or I should start with the why we chose crowdfunder. And I mean, I still back a ton of uh, Kickstarter projects, but pretty much we want to give a shot to with the little guy, someone new that's starting out. Um, we were approached by um, like the president of crowdfunder pretty much. And they were, you know, assembling pretty much content creators to uh, team up with the launch. And we just kind of liked what they had to say. Uh, they were honest, they were straight up. There was, I felt like no corporate speak. So we said, Hey, why, why not kick the tires on this and and see where it goes? You know, like uh, there have been a few platforms that have tried to 
emerge uh, in the last, you know, year or so since uh, COVID and everything. There's been Zoop. And I, I know there's like a couple other ones that are popping up, but we we just like what um, Crowdfunder had to to offer, so we said why not. So pretty much the the main differences from Crowdfunder or and Kickstarter is that Kickstarter it's an all or nothing campaign. Crowdfunder operates the same, but they also have an option like Indiegogo where you can if if you choose to keep whatever amount of money that you raise. So that's one of the the main differences. You can pick uh, whichever version you prefer. Another one of the main differences uh, for creators is that uh, there's like a three-tier system for pricing. So like Kickstarter, there's obviously going to be a credit card fee, but also there's a platform fee that creators pay when they put campaigns on there, like a 5% fee. And so with Crowdfunder, like I said, there's three tiers. So the first tier is you don't pay that platform fee at all. The second tier is that you can defer the cost to your your backers if you so choose. And the third one's like the the same as Kickstarter's 5% platform fee. So there's just a little bit more modularity, a little bit more options in terms of um, what crowdfunder is offering. And also they, they try to make it more social They make it like really easy to share to Facebook and like just other platforms if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, then the site is like a little cleaner. Like, uh, I think they kind of optimize it. So like, you don't have like the end of scroll that you do on, on some Kickstarter campaign. So just like some, some minor differences, but some interesting ones. And they are really creator focused and a small team. So they've been really communicative and it's been good experience so far. Uh, before we go on with the project, before I yeah. forget, I you're somewhat semi-famous. You won a Granty Award. You want to tell everybody what that's all about? I'm, I'm yes, congratulations I, on your award. You. I, I'm, I'm, did you get a big plaque or a big trophy or something out of it all? I, I am Twitter famous. I got a JPEG. So okay. a oh, well, see, that's that's something. So tell us about your Granty Award. You know, we should yes, all be I so have- privileged. I've won two uh, grantees now. Oh, I'm uh, so, sorry. Excuse yes, me. That's you right. won a two-time two. grantee award winner. <laughs> so the grantees are uh, the ingenious uh, idea of Grant Stoy, a, a fellow writer who I know in Twitter spaces. He uh, pretty much decided one day that, you know, uh, the awards that exist, like the Eisners and uh Gosh, some some of the other ones that are blanking on right now, of course, they, they're still missing people. So he said, I'm going to create my own awards, you know, just randomly for, for the heck of it. He decided this two years ago. And so he he came up off, you know, like, you know, your, your typical stuff, like you know, your favorite writers and your favorite colorist, all that stuff. Also, he he came up with some uh, like favorite webcomic and uh, favorite the Kickstarter, like stuff that, you know, still hasn't. Uh, maybe come up like, you know, in, in some of the more modern words, which was really fun. And I have won two grantees for my um, one page comics because uh, apparently I'm a, a one page uh, writing master. So I've won uh, two uh, grantees for, for both uh, one pages, uh, one pages that I wrote. One well, of con- them. Congratulations Thank you. on that. I'm, <laughs> Thank you. You know, I have not had an award winner as far as I know on my show. So you're the first. I'm the first. Yes. Yeah. So where are, where are these one page stories of yours floating around at? I'll, I'll link them to you. Um, and yeah, people can check them out in chat. But yeah, one yeah. of them is kind of about a, a lovelorn Godzilla type creature. And you you kind of have, gosh, what's his name? That famous narrator. My, my mind's blinking right now. But you see like, kind of like a Warner Herzog type guy just narrating uh, this Godzilla's uh, lovelorn uh, mood. It, it's kind of satirical. And the other one uh, more recently was... I call it allegiance is kind of just based on, I don't know what you call it, like, uh, like domestic terrorism and kind of uh, police culture and stuff like that. So yeah, just two really short comics that I wrote that Grant really liked. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, no, but we'll, we'll have the links to your, your one pages in the show notes. So back to head cases, tell me about the two teenagers. Yeah, so there's Gila and there's Ramon. Uh, there are two, like I said, uh, teenagers. Gila is a bit more the impulsive one. It's her reason, uh, her fault that Ramon basically gets sucked into the, this craziness. Ramon is a little bit more more passive. He is maybe what you consider more of, of the good kid between the two of them, unfortunately. And you know, him and uh, uh, Gila are are a bit opposites, but uh, maybe not so much as you you know start reading the story and they start to figure themselves out. You're doing the first of four issues, correct? Yes. And how do you have like a, a window of how long this is going to take you to do? Ideally, I, I would say like if we could get you know issues out every six months, that that it's a perfect world. I mean, stuff happens. You know, uh, people get different jobs. Like you know, publishers scoop them up. So hopefully, you know, we can keep the path that we're envisioning. But yeah, every six months would be ideal. I mean, that's. Yeah. Do, do you sure. have like, do you have a, any, I know it's kind of like far out there, but do you have any ideas of like continuing the two characters and something else in the future? Because they kind of like are kind of funding. No, uh, we definitely see this as like a finite story. We just know like where this is going and we, we don't want to push it beyond that. Like the story is that's it for the characters and we're, we're fine to move on past that. Before we wrap this up, you get the last word. Do you have any parting comments or things you want to talk about? No, I mean, other than support indie comics, it's of uh, amazing uh, comics out there that, you know, even just today, I just saw something like, how did I not see this until just now? You know, like, it, it's kind of tough to keep up with it all. Like, it's almost like a, a fire hydrant of content it's just to keep up with. But, you know, we all we all do our best, right? Yeah, you're right, because I keep telling people we're in like this new golden age of comic books really out there because are. there's so much stuff there. But the problem is there's so much out there. It's hard for projects like yours to actually shine and get the attention that it needs. It's like good and bad. <laughs> again, Head Cases is on Crowdfunder. It'll be in the show notes. Check it out. It's a great comic. I would like to thank you, Leslie, for joining me for the podcast. And I would love to have you on again to talk about your one-pagers, your yeah, awards, or anything else you might want to talk about. So thanks again for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, RT. It's a pleasure. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.